Hello and welcome to episode number 199 of Just Jets. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary. I am hanging out with you on a, another episode of this program, one away from 200. I am amped up for that. But before we get to episode 200, we got 199 to do. So we will talk about the New York Jets surprising win over the Houston Texans. We'll talk about the offense coming alive and what they could do to replicate that success. And of course, we will do your voicemails as well. That's the key. You've been here for a long time. 200 episodes of this. We react to your voicemails. We react to the big stories of the day. But first, a word from the sponsor of the program. Shout out Manscaped. They've been with us for a very, very long time. Merry Balmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if what if I told you that the celebrations start nah, a little bit early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com. Use my promo code JETS20. Tell them Matt O'Leary sent you. Use my code JETS20. Pick yourself up something nice over at Manscaped. Appreciate them, as always, for supporting us. And thank you for supporting them and supporting me by tuning into this episode and using the promo code. All right. How can the New York Jets replicate this success on offense? That's going to be the storyline for this week. Zach Wilson has the game of his life. Literally, that is not hyperbole. Zach Wilson had his best game as a pro on Sunday against the Houston Texans. Shout out Zach Wilson. I'm very happy that he went out there and performed that way. Uh, It was a very entertaining watch on offense. They scored three offensive touchdowns. I didn't know that they were allowed to do that. (laughs) Three offensive touchdowns. Sign me the hell up for that. And two passing touchdowns. Randall Cobb uh, caught a touchdown pass. Brees Hall caught a touchdown pass. I was hoping the last thing that I wanted to see. Zach Wilson has never thrown three touchdown passes in a game in the NFL. So I wanted to see, you know what? It's already his best game. Let's get one more for the kid. Let's get him in the end zone for three times. So you could say 300 yards, three plus touchdown performance from Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, didn't get that. But overall, a really good day for the offense because, again, they were successful. And now the story is How do they do it again? Because that is the key. You went from scoring 13 or less points six games in a row to now you were, uh, well, scoring at will in the second half. No score first half, 30 points second half. How about that? Just Just how they scripted it. Just how they wanted it to go. But I think the key... It is that the Jets were more aggressive on early downs. How about that, Nathaniel Hackett and the New York Jets? Throw the ball on first down. Don't always go run, run, pass. You can throw the ball on first down. There was even a point where they had 10 consecutive pass plays. The Jets, Nathaniel Hackett with 10 consecutive pass plays? How about that? But Wilson threw the ball 36 times. It's not like he was going out there throwing it 50 times. I'm not... I know some probably would advocate for it, but I think 35 between, you know, around 35, 35 to 40 is a good number. When you're getting over 40, I'm a little concerned with that, but they took some some shots down the field also, and that's where the let it rip mindset should have been all along, right? Like they were so scared 
to make a mistake, whether it's Zach Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, Robert Sala, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, all of them. It's not just one person that, that's an, an issue or that's at fault here with the Jets' struggles and the Jets' lack of aggressiveness. They all play a role in it, but Zach's willingness to take shots down the field opened up the run game, which that's what you want, right? You want the New York Jets to run the football. You have Brees Hall, and I know he's been struggling on the ground, but he had a hell of a day as a pass catcher. He averaged over four yards attempt, which is trending in the right direction from where you know he was for a little bit, but... How about continue to just be aggressive on early downs and keep with that effort mentality? Because unfortunately, we saw the last time Zach Wilson had a game anywhere close to this was his performance against Kansas City. In primetime Sunday Night Football, they almost win. Then the next week uh, against the, uh, who was it then? The Denver Broncos, he came out. And he was okay in that game, but it wasn't the same level of play that they had in the in the previous one. He went for 245 and two touchdowns the the next week against Denver 19 to 26, 73.1 completion percentage, 199 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. And the pick was a really nice play by Pat Sertan. Like I I will I did and I still will continue to say I I don't really blame Zach Wilson for that interception, trying to make a play in that spot and throwing it up to Garrett Wilson you know, in single coverage. Patrick Sertan is at worst the second best corner in football. I think it's Sauce one, Pat Sertan two. But if someone put Sertan two, I wouldn't or or one rather. I I, I think there's an argument for it, so, and I wouldn't be crazy upset about it. But that went away the the 39 passing attempts, and then it went to you know 73 percent completion, 199 yards against Philly, 57.6 completion, 186 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, Giants. 240 yards and a touchdown, 47.2 completion percentage. And then the Chargers and the Raiders games, uh, they were really not scoring points those those weeks. And, yeah, they moved the ball against the Raiders. I get that. Um, and, and the Chargers, too, to an extent. But there was just so many issues on the offensive side of the ball uh, during that run there. That was pretty terrible. But they found the end zone. That's... That's what I'm really happy about with this New York Jets team is they finally freaking found the end zone. And I think the key is getting him to throw the ball and be comfortable and confident. Feed Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Those are your two best players on offense. The offense should go through them. Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Ruckert should be next in line after those two. And that was the pecking order uh, finally for this team because Alan Lazard has been really, really bad. The only reason why he was playing a little bit more this past week because uh, Jason Brownlee was inactive. And then, like, other than that, Xavier Gibson and Randall Cobb? Eh, don't love that at this point. They, they they need to add more to that wide receiver room in, in 2024. There's no denying that. But for now and for the rest of the year, I think you absolutely have to Find a way to get Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Rucker their touches. Up the seam to the tight end. It was just so, it was so chef's kiss. And Tyler Conklin, man, really, really underrated uh, this year. He's been really, really good. And, you know, I, to be completely honest, I was, I like Tyler Conklin. I was a little critical of him last year because I don't think he made those contested catches, but he's making them this year. He is doing the little things right, and he's a likable guy, and, and I'm glad that he's going to be here next year. I think Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Ruckert could be a very nice tight end room. 
uh, for this team. They need, uh, it's no doubt about it. They obviously need more at the wide receiver position in 2024, but Brees Hall finally getting utilized as a pass catcher is a major win and force feeding Garrett Wilson is worthwhile because he is going to put up, he, he has an outside shot to be a 1200 yard season this year with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle being his quarterbacks for the 17 game season. That is absolutely nuts. So, so shout out to Garrett Wilson, but there is a path to replicating this success. It, it shouldn't have to be, Oh my God, it's going to resort right back to, you're going to get maybe one offensive touchdown if you're lucky, and you're going to have to try to win this game against Miami 16, 10. That's not the way like even with the injuries and Miami's banged up right now. They are. They they just lost their center for the season. Tyreek Hill was banged up in this in this game on Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans from this past week. And it feels like the Jets are getting Miami at a good time, but they're still going to have to score points. Like even with the offensive line injuries and with Tyreek Hill not a hundred percent, Mike McDaniel, Tua, Jalen Waddle, Devon A. Chain, like these are guys who can who can play football and they have incredible speed incredible speed and you know I, I just want the Jets to keep it tight and keep this dream alive of hey you know maybe just maybe there is a world where uh, Aaron Rodgers could come back uh, if the Jets win this game against Miami maybe that's a little bit more of a conversation that we can have here uh, about the uh, New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers because they would it's a long shot they have to win out and get a lot of help but you can't have that conversation of, hey, Aaron Rodgers might come back against Washington if you lose this game. If the Jets are sitting at 5-9, and nine, are you bringing Aaron Rodgers back? Probably not. Probably not at that point. But 6-8, and eight, three games to go against Washington, Cleveland, and, uh, and the New England Patriots? Maybe you do. Maybe you do consider it. So that's pretty much it on the sustaining this. They, there's a path to success here. On offense, I'm not going to say that they're going to be the best offense in the NFL, but you don't have to revert back to what was getting the Jets on pace to be a historically bad offense. They could just be regular bad. Let's go to Constantine first. He, he wants to talk about what the Jets should do with Zach Wilson. All right, well, let's start with the voicemails. Let's start with our guy, Constantine. Hey, Maddie Constantine from PA. Couple of things I want to mention. First, good game by the Jets. Offense played finally to a level that we thought they could play at. Now, I'm having a little bit of an issue here because doesn't this kind of feel like last year? How? Doesn't this feel like we can maybe end up at the end of the year, I don't know, like eight and eight or something like that. And now we're thinking, okay, did we see the last of Zach Wilson? Or are they going to base it on, well, you see how he played the last couple of games of the season? It's just, it's just like a, a groundhog day to me. And I don't know if I want to be a part of that. I still think the best thing for this team to do is to part their ways with him, make a serious consideration towards a quarterback on the draft, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers could come back healthy and help this team finally win the right way. Yep. 
I just feel like, you know, when somebody is up against the wall and they have nothing to lose, things are going to come out that you didn't see earlier. And that's what we're seeing now. But if this was, let's say, for example, the AFC Championship, and we're down by seven, how confident are you that Zach Wilson's going to get that drive that's going to get us in the end zone to win? Because really, that's the level we need to start thinking. If we're ever going to win a championship or win anything that's basically something worth something, we're going to have to start thinking like that. We can't just be happy with table scraps, because that's what we got in this game was table scraps. Now... There is something I want to also mention, and I think a couple of Jet fans may not be too happy about it. But as far as the draft is concerned, okay, if we could trade one of our names, so to speak, not Garrett Wilson, not Brees Hall, but maybe, maybe Sauce. Because to be honest with you, I'm looking at the stats of all the cornerbacks and secondary. He hasn't had one interception okay. all year. That's Constantine, you know I love you. We can't. I can't do this today. I can't do let's trade Sauce Gardner today. On on Zach Wilson, I, I don't think they're going to make a decision off the final four games of the season. I really hope they don't do that. And yeah, as of right now, I'm in that spot too. I think the Jets will probably be wise to just move off and each play the team, the organization and the player get their own chance. But can we not talk about trading Sauce Gardner, please? Because what are you going to get for, for Sauce? Multiple first round picks and then hope and pray that you get someone who could be as good as what Sauce Gardner is? He's one of the best corners in football, if not the best cornerback in football. He's gone seven straight games, allowing two catches or less, 236 yards and one touchdown allowed in 14 games. That is what? Less than 17 yards? Again, 16.9 yards allowed per game. The Jets' defense is built on their pass rush and having elite level corners. Their corner trio of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the outside with Michael Carter in the slot. There is not one better in the NFL. That is an elite level trio. Sauce, you can make a case, is the number one corner in football at absolute worst. Worst. I will not take anything less than he is the third best corner in the NFL. I think you can make a strong case that he's number one. I mentioned Patrick Sertan a little while ago, uh, but I, I really have a hard time put, taking anyone seriously who would put him anywhere lower than, we'll say, three. I'll give you a little bit of uh, wiggle room there. DJ Reed, what's DJ Reed? At worst, a top Worst, top 15, I would say he's closer to being a top 10 corner in the NFL, but let's say at worst, top 15. And Michael Carter is arguably the best slot corner in football, and that's honestly taking Jets bias out of it. I, I try my absolute hardest when I do this to take the you know the Jet fan hat off and just look at this honestly, and I think if you guys have watched me for a while, you know that I'm not someone who's just going to go up here and you know, bang the Jets drum and say that, oh, everything's great, you know, for the Jets and that, you know, they have the best players at every position and not be critical of this team. I think I have been critical of this team, but to say the Jets have the best cornerback trio in the sport, I don't think is a stretch. I think that is very, very fair. And if you want the Jets to be competitive, which is what they're going to want to be, you need Toss Gardner for that. 
You need this defense to be that good. If Joe Douglas is half as good as what a majority of this fan base has already put him on this pedestal to be, he should be able to have a good draft class in 2024 without having to trade his best pick as a New York Jet. Sauce Gardner's an elite corner. There are, I don't know if you could find an example of a cornerback who has had a better whatever. How many games has he played so far in his career? 31 games? In his career? Not a math guy, never claimed to be. At 31, 31 starts. Constantine, I love you. I hope you call back. I hope you take a walk first, though. We got to clear your head because trading Sauce Gardner is not a conversation that I think we could have. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that one. Let's go to Daryl uh, calling in from North Carolina. Daryl calling out of. North Carolina. What's up, man? Uh, great win today. I mean, I really can't be more proud in the team overall. Defensively, of course, always, and offensively. Um, Zach, man, if we could just see this from him, um, if we could have seen this from him every every uh, weekend prior to this, this game, man, we would be looking at playoff. playoff we would be playoff bound. Um, but now, you know, I'm hearing a lot people talking about whether or not, um, he can sustain and possibly do this the rest of the, the remaining of the season. Um, it will look good for him if he can. Of course. Um, and, you know, right now we really don't have a lot going on as far as a second or third option, except him being a second option. But if he can continue this, Possibly he can retain, um, he can be retained as a football player for the Jets if he can do this the rest of the season. Um, we can't, we can't determine that by one game and maybe even two games. But, you know, if he does this the remaining of the season, at least look halfway, um, competent like he did today, anywhere close to it, then there's that possibility. But nevertheless, a uh, great win for the Jets. Hopefully, we can keep it up and um, just do you know do what we're supposed to do as a team as a whole. Um, but another great win. Um, go Jets! Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it was exciting. It was exciting to see a win. I know that the the tank crowd was. They had their panties in a bunch. They were all upset that the Jets won a game. And here we go. Meaningless December wins. Again, <laughs> all, all mad luck. I can't, after what happened in 2020, I don't know if I could find myself back in that spot. Maybe, who knows? Maybe a few years down the line, there'll be a coach on this team that I really hate, like I hated Adam Gase. And I, I didn't hate Sam Darnold. I felt bad. I felt bad for Sam Darnold. But, like, they were get a new coach was coming in here. They were a horrendous team that needed to be overhauled like that 2020 and 2023 is completely different when looking at like should you be rooting for the tank the Jets core is here the Jets didn't have a core in 2020 there was no core in 2020 they were barren um, which is just an, an absolute shame but it's really different. And I am going to, I've said, I've tweeted it out multiple times. I've said it on, I can't even remember how many shows I've said it on. I am team go numb the rest of the way. 
Except for maybe this game, actually. Now now I might be a little amped up and, and want the Jets to win for sure and be rooting hard for the win. And during the game against the Texans, by the way, like big sack, big play, I'm cheering. I'm not, you know, I'm not being like, oh, I'm cheering when something good happens for the Texans. But if they lose, it's like, all right, well, you at least you helped your draft stock. That's what I'm looking at it. But if you win, now it's okay. Maybe you're in a spot where Aaron can come back and play this year, but even not. Even if that's not the case, like let's say you lose this game against uh, the Dolphins and you and you win one more game and you you know maybe you win the last week of the year or you win against Washington and you finish six and eleven or seven and ten whatever it is, you could say all right the, this core a lot of this core is here this staff and regime is was coming back anyway. Would it really behoove the Jets to follow up their six game losing streak? to end a season last year with a 10-game losing streak. Like, losing and that mindset is so contagious. Like, I and I, I think that, like, that wears on players. Like, I don't think if you closed your season out with a 10-loss season, 10-game losing streak after a six-game losing streak the, the year before, you think guys like Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, whoever you want to consider a part of this Jets core going, man, I got to absolutely stay here. Or are they going, man, it's going to be nice to get out of here so I don't have to deal with all this losing. And I, I know like four and 13 and seven and 10, is it really that different other than, you know, you still may, you still miss the playoffs, but I think it matters. I think, you know, the players in that building, they don't, they're not trying to lose games. They, they want to win. They're playing for their jobs and they want to win. And, you know, I'll be happy about it. So can Wilson do it again? I don't know. I, I certainly hope so, because it would make for a much more entertaining watch on Sundays. Jacob from Jersey's up next. He wants to know why did it take so long? I wish I knew. Hey, what's up, Matt? Jake from Jersey. What's uh, up, dude? Great game yesterday. Uh, I was going to say, it was very nice to see um, some of the play calls where they were having back, you know, they were moving the pocket around, you know, uh, little bootlegs play action pass on first down which is like against every rule of Nathaniel Hackett it seems like I don't know (laughs) what bothers me though is Uh, that it took so long to make these adjustments I don't get why they couldn't do something this earlier I mean maybe they were trying but it totally seemed like it was different play calling I mean there were some shots down the field like on early downs which normally it's run run pass and then throw inside of a five yard box but um, I don't know it's, uh, it was a nice win, though. I mean, I know playoffs are, like, a super long shot at this point, but it kind of sucked. They, like, almost seems like they waited to make these adjustments until we were, like, almost out of it. I, I don't yep. know. I wonder if the conservative side comes from, though. Like, would you say Salah because, like, he wants to depend on the mm-hmm. defense so much? Like, oh, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick. Let the defense win a game. Or is it Hackett, you know, Saying no, no, no! Don't throw picks. Don't throw. I, like I wonder who it, who is actually conservative, or or forcing that, you know, or was forcing that at least. But I don't know, man. It's a great game to watch. It was fun to see thirty. I thought I, I didn't know if I was seeing the right score for a little while, but yeah, it's awesome. Uh, we'll see what happens next week uh, down in Miami. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, man. I appreciate you checking in. So to answer your question, I do think it's Robert Sal. I mean, he said it before the Raiders game. We got to get to 20 points and we should win the game. Like, that's his mindset. 
these defensive coaches, they're all the same. Rex Ryan was the same way too. And, you know, I love Rex Ryan. And I think I've given Robert Sala the benefit of the doubt more than most people. You know, I've criticized him, but I've also given, you know, Sala some credit. But a lot of the times with these defensive coaches, they are, let's just, you know, we're going to go game manager. Don't turn the ball over. Find a way to get us to 20 points and our defense is going to be good enough to win that way. That is not a sustainable path in the NFL and especially in the modern NFL. I love how good this defense is. It is a sure treat every week to watch this team play defense. They are a fun unit. They get after the quarterback. You know, they have two linebackers flying around the field in C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams making plays. They have three excellent corners, and the safeties are fine. But on offense, it is so painful because they don't take any chances. Watch other games and other teams around the league. They don't play that way. You have to be a little bit more aggressive, and I think that's my biggest criticism of Robert Sala is the lack of aggressiveness. You can't be all gas, no break, and then... Well, play football that way. Just doesn't work. Let's go to Billy Bilstein. He wants to apologize to me. All right, let's put him on the show. Billy, what do you got? What do you got for us, Billy? Hello, Matthew O'Neill. This is Billy Bilstein, and I am very humbled. Good. Apparently, I've gone too far, and I had no right to expect you to utilize your content content and contacts to tell the Jets what to do. It was unfair of me to blame you, Matthew O'Leary, and with the Jets' latest victory, I am humbled and forever in your gratitude for the efforts that you have made in keeping us sane in our Jets fandom. I was happy to see Zach Wilson play well, and I know that you must have enjoyed the game. Which brings me to my question. Do you watch the game? Some people don't because it's too stressful. I was wondering if you watch the game, because I imagine that you sit there with it being very cold outside in Long Island, and you must be very comfortable, especially during the holidays with very thick socks. The thickest. Watching the game and sipping maybe cider. Maybe eggnog. Oof, what is eggnog. your favorite holiday drink, Matthew O'Leary? And now I will go drink my tea. <laughs> Billy Bilstein, a legend if there ever was one. Uh, one, I humbly accept your apology. You're a good man. Uh, I appreciate you. Number two, let's do some holiday drink talk. I'm not a big eggnog guy. I know that's kind of a hot take. I don't like hot cider. Uh, I like... Well, alcoholic cider, like Angry Orchard or for my Irish people, Magners. Oh, Magners, Irish cider. Now that hits different. If you know, you know. But I am I'm a whiskey guy, so I like that. Uh, bourbon is, is a warm drink, even though, I mean, it's not like hot, but a hot cocoa, a coffee. 
I'm not really a huge tea drinker, but I'll drink I'll do a hot coffee or a hot toddy even if we want to get real nuts. Let's those are those are some good options. Travis from Ohio's up next. Travis, what do you got? Hey Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Congratulations on your sauce. Mark Gasno number one ninety nine episode. Thank you, man. Can't wait for two hundred. It's a massive milestone for a massive man. That is you. <laughs> Thanks. And uh I'm glad my little talk with uh Mrs. Wilson got to fire up Zach and guess what? We have tanked for twenty years. So I don't want to hear this bullshit about oh it ruined our dress, whatever. Who cares? I would rather experience the joy of beating another team down, being a true Jets fan, than wishing for a draft pick that has, most of them haven't come through in the last 20 years. We've, we've had a recent run, but, I mean, Jesus. The years we sucked, we still didn't draft well, and... You never know who's going to pan out and who's not. That's right. So, winning builds a culture, and losing doesn't. And losing makes you point fingers, and winning erases blame. So, I would rather win and get a mid-round pick than lose and fail on uh injury risk or uh, high risk low reward type guy that we've drafted before Jamal Adams rings the bell Ugh. I mean F Jamal Adams how about that we'll Yikes. get him now so just saying just just appreciate the win you know I mean that's that's what we want to do anyway. And who knows? Rodgers might actually come back. I'm, I'm not convinced, but he's got so much FU in him that I could see him actually do it. So hopefully this puts some FU in Zach. And he, after the the last controversy and mm. my, my talk with Mrs. Wilson, um, Lit a fire under him. I hope so. so. Anyway, you're the man that always has the fire under him. Amen. And love your brother. <laughs> Go Jets. Thank Bye. you, man. I appreciate you, Trav. Thank you for checking in with us. It was uh, it was a surprising Jets win, right? Wasn't that a surprise? I don't think anyone really expected that um, to that level, at least for you know maybe you think all right, you know Jets win an ugly one thirteen. 10 and you're like all right yeah, yeah, that that makes sense but 30 to 6 good goodness oh my god hopefully he does it again and i think it was the uh miss the plea to mrs wilson so let's do it again trav i need you i need you listening at home run it back do the, do the same thing again this week nobody move nobody change anything we're gonna go to liam from staten island has a few thoughts but specifically a question about makai becton that i think is worthwhile to talk about Hey, Matt, this is Liam from Staten Island. Uh, really excited about this week's win. 
You know, I know there were a lot of fans out there that were hoping, you know, we'd lose and secure a number two overall draft pick. And there were, I just, I could not escape that mentality of this team just needs to lose the year out. I feel like there is a lot to learn from wins. If this team can win games, there's a lot to learn from that and get better for next season. Obviously, things will be incredibly different. And the first thing I want to say is, coaching-wise, nothing will be different. Hackett will be the OC, and Sala will be the head coach. Yes. Barring a master class of stupidity, that is our coaching staff going forward next year. So you need to find out what linemen, what wide receivers, what quarterback, who you're going to go with. Now, my issue comes with Zach Wilson now. I feel like he played fantastic. It was one of the best games, if not the best game, of his entire career. Agreed. Barring one fumble, he was pretty much perfect throughout the night, especially the second half. But what do you do with a quarterback like that where you know that his you know, fifth-year option is coming up and you've got Aaron Rodgers on the horizon for next year? I'd like to know what your opinion is on that whole fiasco because you know Aaron isn't a 10 year you know you don't have him for the next decade you have him for one to two to three years and you really have no clue how many it's a a dice roll at this point as to one two three four hell five years but you need to have security options so if you're a low draft pick let's just say do you go with the quarterback do you trade Zach away? I feel like these are questions for post-week 17. But for now, Zach is doing a good job. He's shown that it's not just the offensive coordinator. It's not. It's a culmination of things. Yep. This second half was different. It was a completely different second half. And so I'd like to get your perspective on that. Becton was terrible. I'd like to know how you feel about his future as a New York Jet. I don't think he has one. But I definitely think where if you're looking at next season with no Becton, this offensive line needs upgrades immediately as well as wide receiver. Tight end is locked up. Running back is locked up. Quarterback is locked up. Defense, hell, take the exact same 11 players and bring them back next year. Won't cost you much. I just feel like if you're the New York Jets, you need to bring back the uh, the defense and you need to re-bolster this defense. Oh, he got cut. He got cut off at the end. But quickly on Zach Wilson, because we've done a lot of Zach Wilson discussion, but I like the Makai Becton point because I think that's going to be a really big conversation piece this offseason. But as for Zach Wilson, it's something that I would like to see him replicate first. If he goes out there and plays like he did over the next four games and it has a final five games, with monster numbers, maybe we have a conversation about him staying. I'm not at that point yet. I think of if you ask me today, I am still thinking that the Jets move on. They get a real number two quarterback in here, a veteran backup, and draft someone, not necessarily in the first round, but at some point in the NFL draft, to really redshirt and sit behind those two guys. As for Makai Becton, like I said, this is a conversation I, w- I want to get into. and It's not so black and white. I think there's a gray area here because on the side to bring him back, the Jets would then have to, if you let him walk, 
you essentially have to find two new tackles or two new starters on the offensive line because you either have Elijah Vera Tucker at right guard or you have him at right tackle. And then if you put him at tackle, then it's okay. You need to find a starting guard and a starting tackle. And if you let Becton walk and you definitely want AVT at guard, then you got to find two, two new starting tackles, which is easier said than done. There are concerns that I have about Makai Becton. I don't want to franchise tag him. It is an astronomical number on a one-year deal. Don't want to do that. I don't really feel comfortable giving him, I don't know, what do you think you get on the open market on a bridge deal? If it's like $13 million a year, that's someone who you're paying to, that's going to be a definite starter. But if it was a bridge deal where it was like 6 to $8 million and it's Makai Becton has a chance to win the job, but you are not signing him to have him be your plug-and-play definite left tackle. Because, I mean, let's be honest, guys. 10 penalties, 9 sacks, 37 pressures. I'm glad that he has stayed healthy this year for the most part. He's missed the one game. I think it's been a really nice story for him getting back out there and being you know, a starting left tackle. And right now, I would say he's been slightly, you know, I wouldn't say he's horrible, like he's an abysmal left tackle. That That is too far. But he's been below average. He's been a below average starter this year for the Jets, which is, again, unfortunate. I, I, I like Makai Becton. He is an easy person to root for. I love his personality. He's, you know, the big, gentle, giant, soft-spoken guy. Uh, but on the field, the play is nasty. Hasn't been that great as a, as a run blocker this year, at least compared to what he was as a rookie, right? Like he was dominant as a, as a rookie in the run blocking and was okay as a pass protector, but not as dominant as a run blocker this year at all. And pass blocking has taken a little bit of a step back. And I know that that's, that's harsh and I'm not, you know, anti Makai Becton. I, again, I, I like him. I'm glad that he was able to get, get back. I was rooting for Makai Becton to get back and earn a starting spot, but I don't think Makai had a year where you go, oh my God, this you have to give him a long-term deal, pay him the $15 million a year, whatever it's going to take to be your starting left tackle for the, for the foreseeable future. I'm not there, personally. Um, and again, maybe, you know, maybe that's something that changes down the stretch, but I don't think I'm there. Let's go to James in Jersey up next. James, what do you got? Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. James What's from up, Jersey. Sir? How's it going, buddy? Second, second consecutive pool making. What, what's, what's going on here? Oh, the Jets won. That's a shock. So far, I haven't heard your profanity box on the no. fiber, so I'm, I guess we're on a good pace. We're doing um, it. Listen, man, unfortunately, I'm riding that, that high in that wave. There might be a chance we can upset the Dolphins, especially if they lost to a 4-8 and eight Tennessee Titans. If we get if they oh, lose to a 4-8 Tennessee Titans, there's a good chance, a good chance we can probably beat the Dolphins. I didn't see the whole game last night, but I saw Tyreek Ty, Ty, Hill got banged up. Some of Miami's players got banged up. So I think this might be a game we could at least go toe-to-toe with them if we have competent offensive scheme and competent quarterback play by Zach Wilson. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm optimistic, man. That game against the Texans was amazing. It kept my hopes up, especially while I was in my, uh, on my bed being sick and stuff. Uh, it felt sorry. good to get a Jets win. And it must have been topsy-turvy if the Eagles lose and the Chiefs lose to offside penalty on Canaris Tony, man. That's sad. But, hey, good day in Jets land. Let's keep that consistency rolling, and let's go Jets. Talk to you soon, man. Bye-bye. Thank you, man. I appreciate you checking in. Back-to-back weeks for my guy, James. I love that. Hope you're feeling better, buddy. Um, they 
need to have a repeat performance offensively to win this game. I, Tyreek Hill, we talked about it. He's banged up. They lost their center for the season. Jets defensive line should, in theory, have a good day. They, The defense, that is, kept them in the first half against Miami uh, the first time they played. It was 10-6 before the fail Mary, which uh, was just an absolute joke. And then the second half, things kind of got off the rails. I'm not really killing the Jets defense for that Buffalo and Miami performance when how you know how bad the the offense was. Uh, I don't think we can really get on the defense for in those games. But this week, I th- I think they will make it competitive. I, again, I don't know if I have it in me to pick the Jets to win outright. The spread I think is like eight and a half. I think that's high. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game, and hopefully, it's one that you get a repeat performance from Zach Wilson if they get to. I don't know. What do we think the number? 23? If they get to 23, I think they have a shot. Um, it's going to be really challenging to keep this Miami offense under 20. Um, I, I don't think that's happened very often this year. And granted, they what did the uh, the Dolphins end up scoring against the Jets in that game the last time they played? It was 34, but there was the fail Mary in there as well, so 27 on offense. But they scored under 20 against Kansas City. They scored 20 in a win against the Raiders. 20 in a loss against Buffalo. 17 in a loss to Philadelphia. I, I So maybe you can hold them under 20, but I, I would think if the Jets are winning this game, I think they got to get to 23. And they just haven't shown that they've been able to do it consistently, but maybe that changes. Let's close out with Derek from Montana. Yeah, this is Derek in Montana, a Jets fan since 1965. I admit, Emmanuel McNeil, he was number 92, played for the Jets in 1990. He goes to all the Jets games here, and he sends me photographs and pictures on my cell phone of all the Jets playing in New York. Nice. And you know what I say? Go Jets, baby. Go Jets. <laughs> I love it. I love the Derek from Montana calls. Always, I figure it ends with some positivity there. Thank you, Derek, for checking in, and thank you to everyone who called in. We'll be back next week for episode 200, but before you go, please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a review, a like, a comment, a share. All that little stuff is uh, is a free way to show that you support the show and support me, and I really appreciate that. Thank you for checking in with us. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.